Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. What's happening again, everybody? I know. To what do we owe this pleasure or displeasure? Two shows in one day? Yes, it's true. As we try out this new format of splitting the podcast into a morning segment where we recap the previous night's action and go through the best ads and drops as a result of that, and an afternoon portion which will be a shorter show, one would assume, where we look at the upcoming card, what can we pull away from it, and this time of year, because it's late March right now, we're looking at playoff calendars as well. We're also going to be kind of a no funny business type of deal in this second show of the day, so I just quickly want to welcome everybody again to Fantasy NBA Today, a sports ethos presentation. I am Dan Bespris. Again, this is part two of our March 23rd dyad and we'll see how this goes for the next little bit so kind of settle in if you like it you like it if you don't you don't i'm hoping that this is that makes this makes things easier for people to find the parts of the shows that they're looking for i know we could do timestamps, things like that um but i also think that we're, this is going to allow us to do a little bit more specifically in this afternoon chunk because by the end of the first one, you know, we're 35, 40 minutes in, I feel like I'm starting to rush a little bit. Uh, so now you'll get an afternoon portion where it's not hugely rushed, although I do realize that I forgot to bring water onto the show today. So we'll be taking a brief respite for that at some point, And we can just deep dive a little bit more. So sit back, relax, and let's do our first afternoon show ever. So the way I want to do this, and this is subject to change based on my individual whims and what I think actually might work best, is let's quickly here go through tonight's games, anything that we need to pull away from them, and then we'll pivot into uh, the schedule streams. So we'll talk about injury streams, we'll talk about kind of sit-start type of stuff, and then we'll do schedule stuff after that. On the card tonight, the Knicks are in Orlando to take on the Magic. The only injury news on this one is coming out of the New York side. Jalen Brunson is questionable with a hand sprain. Mitchell Robinson is questionable with a right knee soreness situation going on. So you actually do have some possible replacements as we wait on news on those. If we find out that Brunson is out, you guys, we've been down this path quite a bunch lately uh, Emmanuel quickly gets a huge, huge leap, uh, goes from a schedule stream to a play in all formats. If Mitchell Robinson is out, which we've also seen quite a bit lately, last time around, um, there wasn't a clear ad on the New York side. The backup center minutes ended up getting split between Jericho Sims and Isaiah Hartenstein. 
Lately, we've seen Hardenstein take a little bit of a step forward. I'd be more inclined to maybe take a swing on it if you have the opportunity to make an ad for Night of on the Roto side of the ledger. Head-to-head, you're basically just dodging all of this stuff. If you have a manual quickly, you're just riding it through. But New York, the Knicks don't play any more games this week after tonight. So they are among the worst schedules uh, across the NBA starting today through the end of the week. Um, their schedule does improve a bit. They have a four-game week next week, and if your league goes farther, it actually lightens up again for the Knicks on that front. We've had no injury news on the Magic side, so just play that one as you have been. Cleveland is at Brooklyn at 730. Um, Everybody seems to be fine on both of these sides. The question mark, or one of the questions that we got during the morning show had to do with Dayron Sharp over on the Brooklyn side, He played really well against the Cavaliers a couple days ago. My expectation is that he plays okay again in this ballgame. We've seen him get activity when the Nets are basically forced to have a traditional center on the floor at all times. And Cleveland will force you to do that because they're a really big team. Evan Mobley, Jared Allen up front. You can't really afford to go to like a Dorian Finney-Smith at the five type lineup. Or Jared Allen is just going to, well, carve him up and eat him. He's going to take him, and he's going to stuff him right through the hoop. So Sharp is an interesting play, and the Nets are an interesting play, and we'll get to a little bit more of this when we pivot into the, the uh, schedule stream part of our little afternoon segment here, because they are the only team that not only has three games the rest of this week, but also has three games and dodges tomorrow, which is the packed lineup Friday. So a number of Nets move on to the schedule play radar, and we'll talk about that in just a minute or two. Charlotte, um, everything good on the Charlotte side. Still no Mark Williams, so Nick Richards is rolling along. He actually signed a three-year contract. I think that was yesterday afternoon, three-year, $15 million deal. So pretty cool news for Nick Richards, who's been excellent for Charlotte. They're a really good schedule the rest of this week, but they do play tomorrow on the overflow day. This is a back-to-back in New Orleans, in Dallas, and then they'll host Dallas on Sunday. So good schedule for the Hornets, but you do have to contend with the packed Friday card. And I also kind of wonder, does anyone on that Charlotte side get tomorrow off? We haven't heard about anybody being rested tonight. Um, You know, they've had a couple days off before this ballgame, so it wouldn't really make any sense. But if you were going to rest someone for Charlotte, it would be tomorrow in Dallas because they would have then had two games off between Indiana and today, and then it would give them two games off between today and uh, the other Dallas game that's coming up on Sunday the 26th. Who would that be? Uh, we saw Kelly Oubre get a day off for them recently. We haven't really seen Terry Rozier get any significant time off, um, but that would certainly be a possibility. Um, Gordon Hayward, he could get a day off. P.J. Washington, I doubt it. And Nick Richards, I also kind of doubt it. But as you look at that team and you and you sort of scroll through the other names on the Charlotte Hornets, there isn't a ton that leaps out at you as as a you know, must-grab kind of play for the back-to-back. But if you are planning ahead, Dennis Smith Jr. would likely see a pretty big jump. Um, And there just, there really aren't other guys that have seen a reasonable chunk of playing time consistently in the way they were like, okay, well, if Nick Richards was sitting, maybe we could look at a Kai Jones or a JT Thor. Jones at least gets blocks. 
Svi Mikhailiuk is getting a small clump of minutes most days. Um, you know, if Ubre and Rozier sit, you might see Svi play 30 minutes for a day. Uh, but you're really kind of digging deep into the muck on this one outside of uh, Dennis Smith Jr., who would be the pretty easy and obvious call there. On the Pelican side, they play today, they play Saturday, so they have games on the uh, less trafficked evenings, which is worth something. I like their starting five. That's about as far as I'd go with them. I know Josh Richardson had a better ball game his last time out, but it's not something that I'm trusting on a night-to-night basis, and I would prefer Herb Jones, and since that was the player that Richardson's kind of supplanted for his better ball game previous time. OKC in L.A. taking on the Clippers is a huge ball game for both teams from a standings standpoint. Um, Clippers are now without Paul George for a little while, actually. The report came back, sprained knee, which was good news. But they're talking weeks, as expected. Uh, you're going to get a lot of Kawhi Leonard. Clippers are only a half game up on the Warriors, game and a half up on the Wolves, and the Thunder, who could pull themselves within a half game of the Clippers and almost pull themselves out of the play-in with this one if if things go according to plan. Pretty amazing stuff for Shea and the Thunder. From a sched- from a streaming standpoint in terms of what players you're looking at, well, for the Clippers, they roll into a better schedule next week, and then having the games here on, again, the, the lower traffic days where you don't really have to worry about overflow. Eric Gordon is interesting with PG out. Uh, Terrence Mann is a little bit interesting with PG out. The guy I was wishing would show up and play is Norman Powell, uh, but we know he's still at least a week away. And so with the Clippers, this is a schedule stream situation, and I don't think there's anybody that makes the roto cut on that club despite Paul George going down. For the Thunder, everybody's in the carousel. They're in a back-to-back in L.A. Clippers today, Lakers tomorrow. We heard that they might play Shea. That may have to do with whether or not they win or lose today. If the Thunder win today and move to a game over 500, they put themselves in, frankly, pretty good position to make the play in at the very least because they do have a pretty damn easy schedule from this point on. This is kind of the gauntlet for them, and it's gone extraordinarily well. The Thunder have won the first two games uh of this kind of gauntlet stretch. They beat Phoenix at home. They won in L.A. against the Clippers two days ago. They got the Clippers again, the Lakers. Then they go up to Portland, which, you know, who who even knows who's going to be playing in that game for the Blazers. But then they've got Charlotte, Detroit, Indiana, this reeling Phoenix team again in Golden State. That'll be a tougher one. But then they've got Utah. And then finally, then you're at the last game of the season, which, you know, who knows what iteration of the Grizzlies they're going to get. So if the Clippers, or, or rather the Thunder, win today... You probably see a rest day for the main, the main guys tomorrow. If they lose today, you might actually see those dudes try to play on the back-to-back, which uh, is, is pretty interesting when you're kind of grading out what players you're going to dump into your lineup. Folks, picture this nightmare scenario. You're hosting friends for the big game. It's neck and neck in the fourth quarter, and suddenly you realize... You're out of drinks. Ooh, say all of your friends. You start to sweat. Your friends turn on you. You're forced to go on a last-second drink run and end up missing the game-winning touchdown while in line. Oh, no. Terrifying, isn't it? Luckily, you can avoid the drama with Drizzly. 
the go-to app for drink delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered right to your watch party. Compare prices across multiple stores in your area, find the best deals on game day drinks, and get back to armchair quarterbacking from, you guessed it, your armchair. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations. So that's what's going on with the four games tonight in terms of what players you could throw into your lineup. Let's talk a bit about streaming schedule. Um, and and for those watching live on YouTube, I want to switch over so that you guys can see uh, the upcoming games here for all of the teams involved. This is a, a really interesting day, and you know it's going to be hard to just talk about the the nightly preview without even hinting at schedules, which we kind of did, because especially with it being somewhat of a, a light card here on Thursday. But we talked about Charlotte, we talked about Brooklyn, and we talked about Oklahoma City, who also has three games the rest of this week. And those are the only three teams. It's going to have to be teams playing today, because nobody goes Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. But among them, Brooklyn is the runaway winner for best schedule from today until Sunday. Brooklyn plays tonight, they play Saturday, and they play Sunday. The reason that's so important, as we talked about before, is that they're off tomorrow on the overflow day. You may have, like if you have 11 guys that are playing tomorrow, you could potentially drop someone playing on Friday on your club, let's say, I mean, let's take a, you probably don't have any Pistons left if you've been listening to this podcast because I told you to drop all of them. So let's talk about, I don't know, somebody with two games left this week, like a Washington Wizard or a, or a Toronto Raptor. There's a, there's a whole boatload of teams that play Friday, Sunday. It looks like you're going from a two-game week to a three-game week, right? I mean, Boston is right next to them, next to Brooklyn on the board that everybody's looking at here on YouTube. So that's an easy one to visualize. Boston goes Friday, Sunday. Brooklyn goes Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. If you're overloaded on Friday, that means that by dropping someone who plays on Friday, you're not actually dropping that game because you couldn't use it anyway. So that team, whoever it might be, in this example, it's Boston, but it could be Chicago, Dallas, Golden State, Houston. There's a billion of them. Is really only a one-game week for you from this point to the end, and Brooklyn becomes three. So that's the scenario right now where you could actually add two games to your weekly streaming ledger with one roster move. And I know what you're thinking. What kinds of players should I drop to get a two-game bump? Well, it's a little different one to three as opposed to two versus four. And you're like, well, how is that different? It's, you know, it's, it's a two-game bump either way. Well, two games out of a really, really good player versus four games of a fringe player is double the number of games. Three games of a fringe player versus one of a much better player is triple. So yes, it's two additional games, but the really, really good player, with every game that they play, they close the gap a little bit more on the fringe player, as long as the gap is a two-game spread. I'm hoping that that math is coming across. Let's just do it with numbers. Let's say that you're taking a, 
oh, I don't care. Pick someone in the top 50 on a team that's only going two times the rest of this week. How about... Um, we got to go per game value. That's the important part here. So let's look at somebody near 50 that has two games the rest of this week. Uh, I know he's hurt right now, but how about DeAndre Ayton? Because he's a big man. He plays Friday, Saturday. Let's assume that in this hypothetical, and I'm not telling you guys to drop DeAndre Ayton, although you might have to because he's hurt and he's putting up zeros for you. But in this hypothetical, let's compare him in one game where he averages 18 and 10 with two assists, half a steal, and a little less than one block, versus three games of a fringy player on Brooklyn like Royce O'Neal, who, you know, look, Royce O'Neal hasn't been that good this year. He's outside the top 125. Numbers have been okay. But three Royce O'Neals is 27 points, six three-pointers, 15 rebounds, 11 assists, three steals, 1.8 blocks. The percentages for Aiton are better. I'll get, I will give you that. Although the free throw is not all that far off, the percentage, the field goal percent at the very least is much better for DeAndre Aiton. But think about what we just said there. That was one versus three. Royce O'Neal won points, threes, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks. Six out of the nine categories. He loses field goal percent, free throws a wash, and uh, Aiton likely wins turnovers there because of the, the game spread. What if we took that same math and we did two versus four? Well, two of DeAndre Ayton is 36, 20, and four. Four of Royce O'Neal is 36, 20, and like 15 or 16. So you see where Ayton has now closed the gap. Points and rebounds are now the same. Royce O'Neal still wins three-pointers. He still wins steals. Blocks are... Basically a dead heat at that point as well. Field goal percent, Aiton wins. Free throw is a wash. Turnovers, Aiton still wins. So now suddenly you have two wins for O'Neal. Threes, assists, steals, sorry, three. You actually have uh, one win, two wins for Aiton, field goal percent and turnovers, and everything else is basically break even. So when it was three versus one, Royce O'Neal was winning six categories, losing two. It was 6-2-1 and one in favor of Royce O'Neal. When it was four versus two for Royce O'Neal, it was three, two, and four ties, basically. And so every time you go up like that, the better player draws closer. That long explanation is basically to illustrate to all of you that three games versus one, the three-gamer almost always wins. And DeAndre Ayton is a top 50 play. I mean, we're that, like in this hypothetical scenario, I'm talking about you guys dropping someone who's actually legitimately good. If you have a player on one of these teams that goes Friday and something, and you're in overflow mode on Friday, so you're really only getting to play them one time, and look, I would bet most of what I own that you have multiple players that are going Friday and some other day if you're in overload mode. There's probably someone worse that you can drop than DeAndre Ayton. So if you have someone who's like top 80, who's going Friday something, you could drop them. You shouldn't even think about it. Should not even think about it. The call is so easy to go get someone on Brooklyn who has three games versus your players one. What about the other decisions? Well, you're probably not going to gain two games with them. Because Charlotte and Oklahoma City... 
Yes, they have three games the rest of this week, but one of them also falls on Friday, an overflow day. So you'd probably be going from one game, if you're talking about an overflow player, to two. There, you need to be a little bit more judicious. Getting the extra game is useful, but you have to be dropping someone who's pretty close in value to where then getting the extra ball game is actually helpful for your fantasy team. I still like the idea. I still like the idea because OKC has a good schedule, because Charlotte has a good schedule. There's probably some Hornets that are floating around that maybe didn't get picked up with their one game on Monday, but they move into a better schedule today, so maybe they're still on the waiver wire. That's intriguing. And as you look a little bit towards the future here, you know, most, not most, maybe I should say a lot of teams go twice, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. There's a handful of teams that go one. The ones that go one you want to make sure is on Saturday, so that way you have an opportunity to make a move again on Sunday. And what we'll do on tomorrow's show, if we are indeed going to do this sort of two-episode thing again, which I'd like to, I'd like to continue to try this and see how it goes, is we'll start to look towards next week where the Pelicans have the best schedule to start the week if you're going to front-load that stuff. If you guys have any questions on this streaming grid, please do not hesitate to hit me up on Twitter, at Dan Bespris, not just about who you're going to drop into your lineup tonight, but I'm talking about the idea of the long stream. Because this stuff can get a little bit convoluted. You want to try to get two extra games wherever you can, especially right now. If you can get a couple of Brooklyn Nets, even better. I know that their fringe options are not that outstanding. But they are out there, and we can do something with it. And there you go. This is our first split show of the day. 30-some-odd minutes in the morning, 20 minutes in the afternoon. Roll it all together into one show that's actually a little bit longer than what we were able to do before because we're able to dive in a little bit deeper here in the afternoon. Um, Shout-out to everybody who requested this new format. I hope you guys like it. Please do like and subscribe if you're hanging out with us on YouTube. Uh, and that'll be that for the afternoon affair. We're just we're not going to hang around. This is all business right now. I am Dan Baspris at Dan Baspris on Twitter. Sports Ethos is the website. Go get yourself a baseball uh, draft guide as part of our fantasy pass. And we'll see you tomorrow morning to start the process all over again. So long for now, everybody. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.